Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Back to throw, first and ten. Beach is tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has got three fingers. 22 to Raja. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right, what's going on? Welcome to Cannell and Bell. Hanging out Thursday. Yeah. Big Thursday, you man. stumble it all with that? What, you, Cannell and Bell? Do you keep wanting to yeah. stay off the bench? Well, or do if you... anybody's listening, like we're trying to drop the off the bench. Right. We still have it in a lot of our signage up here, but we're looking to change that possibly. Yeah, does it, but does it, does yeah, it, oh yeah, it still, almost comes out every time? Well, yeah, because we've been doing it for a year, which is kind of crazy. Like, right, right. We've been doing it for a year, so like the brain is just thinking. I almost like, say Oh, there. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's, that's what I'm trying to get over. Right. All right, so Thursday night football, we have actually an exceptional game game uh playoff implications divisional race implications in the afc west we got some really good fan uh some good teams facing off sure. mvp implications if patrick mahomes continues to light up uh everybody that he faces this season so it's the chargers on the road with the chiefs uh the chiefs are a three and a half point home favorite i think the weather's going to play a factor i think injuries to both teams there's a lot of indecisions of who's playing sure um as far as you know major factors in that game i think those could come into play but I can't wait to see this game. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Yeah, I do too. Um, let me ask you a question. Is Philip Rivers like a dark horse MVP candidate? Let's say he comes out and, and, and goes to work tonight and they're both sitting there at what? 11 and, and three at that point. Yep. Is he in the conversation? I think he should be, but I think he would have to clear. I think Mahomes would have to throw like three picks. Right. And let's say, let's like say Holmes would have to drop let's off. Let's take Mahomes out of the equation. Let's say he struggles down the stretch and yep. you've got like Drew Brees. Is he close to Drew Brees in the conversation or no? It's squarely Drew Brees. No, no. I think he would absolutely be in that conversation. I think Drew Brees still has that legacy vote going for him. Like the legacy. He's never won the MVP. Although Philip Rivers in the prime, you know, twilight of his career, it's similar type situation. But because Brees broke the passing record earlier this season, his stats are a little bit better than Philip Rivers, but it's not too bad. Like, uh, Reese has 31 touchdowns. Philip Rivers, Philip Rivers has 29. Like, they're right there. And if he elevates this team, which has always been on the cusp of breaking through to a potential number one seed in the AFC, then yeah, I think he'd have to be in that conversation. I think it could be, like, I, I'm glad you asked me that question because I think it is something that has not been talked about enough. Because we've always pegged these two guys together, Patrick Mahomes and Drew Brees. And I think Phillip Rivers has come completely unnoticed. And I don't know why it is. I don't know if there's an East Coast bias. I don't know if it's because the Chargers have been flying under the radar as a team. But at some point, you've got to look at this team, and there's no better to do it than on prime, in prime time if you're Phillip Rivers to make a really strong statement. Um, yeah, so Phillip has been flying under the radar. And you talked about the, the – we talk – every week I say the Chargers, I just feel like – Nobody's talking about them. I think it's the most undiscussed story in the NFL this year is the Chargers and what they're doing. They're 10 and three. They only lost by 10, um, to Kansas City. Now everybody's coming in banged up, but if they should figure out how to win this game and they're yeah. sitting at 11 and three. Yeah. Um, that would be tied with the Chiefs for the best record in the NFL. They would have a couple games remaining that would be. How can, how can this just not be discussed? I watch national and listen to national right. stuff all day. How can this never be a topic of conversation? It's a good question. I, I honestly don't know. They're the, cause everybody was enamored with the Rams from right. LA. Like they're the, no, like people still call them San Diego Chargers. We do. I, I do it all the I time. Did it like you kind of forget for whatever reason they have been. They've taken a backseat to the Rams because yeah. the Rams have been, you know, out there high flying off sure. all this fun stuff. Sean McVay, you know, sexy, you know, coach with calling this offense and they have been completely in the backseat. The thing that is going to be tough for Philip Rivers is he's 0 for 9 in his last nine games in Kansas City. Oof. 
Now, I'll give you the reason why I'm not too concerned about this. This team that he's on is the best team that he's had mm-hmm. in the last five years. This is a five-year period that he's had this. He's been on some bad teams in that stretch. Um, you know, they were five and eleven, four and twelve through two of those years. Then they had nine and seven, nine and seven. Those nine and seven years, you're looking at them like those could have been the difference. Even if you split and you get one, you know, get get one and one, get yeah. one of those wins in Kansas City, um, then it's a little bit better. But at some point, I do think it's more to the teams that he was on and than it was, all right, is there some sort of curse that's on Phillip Rivers or do the Chiefs have his number? I don't think that's the case. And especially this year with the Chiefs defense, I don't think they have I don't think they'll slow him down at all. Yeah, I I think that when I look at these numbers, right, in a game going into into Arrowhead, weather is a factor. But when you look at offensive ranks, like the Chiefs are first in points per game, yards per play, yards, all that. Um the the, the Chargers are like fifth, second, and sixth. Yeah. There's not that big of a difference. But then when you go to like the, the defensive ranks, correct. Um the Chargers are like seventh in the league in points per game allowed. Uh, eighth in yards per game allowed, eleventh in rush yards per game. The the Chiefs are twenty eighth, thirtieth, and twenty fifth. Yep. Right. And so, like, if you're going to be in a weather affected game to some degree, offense is what usually gets affected in those games, right? Yep. Then it becomes what team can like sit down and guard you to use a basketball term. Yep. And I feel more comfortable with with uh, the Chargers. I do too. I actually like the Chargers in the spot tonight. I know it's you know it's a, uh, the Chiefs are a three and a half point favorite. I I don't know if I'd go out and say take the Chargers to win, but I think it'll be one of those games that comes down to the wire. But if we've learned anything in the last two or three weeks, is that defense still matters? Yeah. Like people totally forgot about like, hey, you know, all these offenses is going to be the hot, you know, and then you saw the Saints, they go to Dallas, get shut down, held to 14 points. Then you saw the Rams go to Chicago, shut down, like right. held to six points. I think defense matters. That's why I think the Chiefs would be a good team to take a, take a flyer on as far as Super Bowl champs because they have this balance on both sides of the ball. They've got Phillip Rivers, veteran quarterback. He's seen everything. And then they also have this defense, which is, by the way, getting healthier with Joey Bosa getting back to where he's been on a you know restricted number of plays. Now sure. he'll go, sure. and he can go out there and affect the quarterback. I think it's a generational thing. I think it's like – I do. I think this infatuation with offense – is generational. Like we had the argument before we came on air. I'm arguing with Matthew Coca about the 01 Lakers versus Golden State, right? Yep. And the only thing this cat wanted to talk to me about was offense. Right. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, is that they only play offense now? Like, defense isn't even factored into the equation. Kids uh, these days, it's they crazy. don't even care. Kids these days don't even care about it. So I think that will play a factor in that. With Arson, the injuries that I'm talking about is most likely Melvin Gordon, running back for the yeah. Chargers. He's probably not going to play. He's questionable. Uh, Justin Jackson, the uh, young uh, running back out of Northwestern. I don't think it's going to impact them that much i really don't i think running back is a position same thing with the chiefs being without kareem hunt i think there is a little bit of a drop off but it's replaceable it's not it's not gonna be like oh my gosh that offense isn't the same right it's yeah there might be a couple plays here or there that can't be made but you can make up for so you don't get 115 yards maybe you get 75 right but you know what could be a big injury real um the Tariq Hill situation. Great. How, how banged up is he? Like, so he supposedly has been practicing and playing better this week, uh, and has looked okay. But here's the thing with Tyreek Hill. His specialty is speed. Right. Like he's the cheetah. And when you watch him, he looks faster than everybody else. If he's slowed down just a couple steps, all of a sudden he gets caught on a lot of this. He's a little bit easier to cover. Sure. So that's one thing I'll be interested in. And you mentioned the weather. Like it's harder to get loose. Man. It's harder to get stretched. Like it's going to be a challenge. So that'll be one of the things I'll look for early in this game is to see how he is after he got hurt on that big 40-yard pass on the fourth down play against the Ravens. But I do think the Ravens kind of showed, too, a formula for beating the Chiefs. I think they they should have won the game. They didn't. But they showed a formula, which is pressuring Patrick Mahomes, but also doing it with only three and four rushers yeah. and dropping and just 
playing a bend don't break. Keep it in front of you. Exactly. Keep it in front of you type of uh type of defensive scheme. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. So quickly want to hit on Kevin Durant because he's been making news this week. He had a piece uh they did a piece Shams uh Sharanya and the Athletic had a piece on him and he was talking about the drama that he's been dealing with. His quote was, I just try to stay focused on ball and lose myself in the game. There were times where I didn't shoot the ball, times when the game doesn't go my way, but I try to get lost in the game to get through a time like that. Talking about the time he had the issue with uh, Draymond, and they, you know, Draymond got suspended. Yeah. All adversity happens everywhere, it happens to teams, and we rallied around it. It happens, and you lean on your love for the game. I like basketball 100%. That other bleep is I ate. The Warriors responded. They said they just gave, they wanted to give him some time to himself, some space following the November 12th <laughs> incident, and that the rest would take care of itself. Um, yeah, I mean, what is, look, Kevin Durant. Man, is he soft? Is going, <laughs> I mean, like mentally, like, right. like elaborate. Go no, but elaborate. I mean, like, he's so sensitive. Like, get over yourself. Yeah. Like, you know, like they needed to give him space because guys were arguing on the team and a guy yelled at him for not, like, and it was a bad possession that, uh, that Draymond had. He dribbled off his leg. It was ugly. Correct. And they went after it after the game, but like, we need space. This is like my 11 and 10 year old. I need to separate the children. These are grown men we're talking about. Professional athletes handle it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you, but you've been on teams. I've been on teams where, you know, we have yeah. guys on a team. It, it just doesn't get out to the media, right? Like when that when that quote gets let go, it opens it opens a Pandora's box. Yeah, for for us to be sitting here talking about Kevin Durant needing space, and but like, look, we all I knew the personality of everybody on my son's teams, or you know, not so much Philly. I wasn't there long enough, and we had a revolving door. But like on my Utah teams, when I was there for a few years, I knew how everybody was built, and there were guys. That needed some space. Like if they had a bad game here or there or something popped off or we might have got like in the locker room, it might have been, you know, a couple jabs thrown. You knew to give that guy some time on the plane, like, you know, let him chill out for a minute. Don't bring it up. And then right. maybe I take him a beer or something on the plane and, you know, ask him if he wants to come play some car. You know, like you knew that that guy might need some time. Um, it just wasn't out there in like the Twitter sphere and, and, and that's a uh, dude I hate. Can I say that I hate yeah. the media? No, you can say you hate social media. I hate social media. <laughs> I do. Yeah. But I are the media. I hate the I hate the media um getting being, so much information. Getting so much information from inside these clubhouses, inside these locker rooms, inside these organizations. It it rarely ever helps. I agree. There are some things that should be off limits to the media and there's nothing is sacred anymore. Yeah. Like that, that's what there always used to be a pact and some things were just you they were off limits. Now it seems like guys are more willing to just air out their dirty laundry and they'll do it anonymously so these and credit to the reporters they're getting these scoops. Yeah. They're putting them out there but it just tears teams apart. Yeah, I, listen, you can't say that it's it's the media's fault if it's the players who are talking. You know, no, I, 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 it's, no, it's no, no, their not, fault. It's them being so open about these things when they know whatever they say is going to be a story. No matter correct. what KD says, it's going to be a story. So for him to come out and speak like this after everything that has happened, it's just like you're putting the target on your own back. No, dude, I'm with you 100%. This is not on the media. I just hate that this stuff gets to the media. I'm putting the <laughs> onus on the players for doing it. whatever happened to like, like mysterious. Like, right. When I was young, like, you know, when you were in the game, you were in the dating world or whatever, like there was something to be said for not knowing everything that was on her mind or True. her not knowing everything that was on your mind, right? Like there's right. a little mystique there. Like, right. What happened to those days? Why does everyone feel like I need to know every single thing that's on your mind at any given time? Gone. Those days are gone. Everything Jeez. is public. Everything is aired 24-7. Oh, give me a little mystery. Our kids got, our kids got problem too. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. Let's bring in our guy Emery Hunt in, do some uh, some picks with him. He's been on fire all season long. First pick, first pick, first pick. This is the only one I care about. <laughs> Emery, what's up, man? 2001 Lakers versus Golden State Warriors. Who you got? Golden State got- laying five. <laughs> oh, wow. Give me the Lakers because they have Kobe, number one. 
yep. and have Shaq. I think they could play a different game than, than Golden State. Boom. Boom. Physical. Boom. Just beat them up. Just wear on them. In the trenches. All right. Uh, let's get to him. Or you follow him on, uh, Twitter at Fball Game Plan. He's 32 and 24 and three on the air. It's pretty solid. Before we get to Emory, I have a trivia question for Raja. Okay. The first bowl we're going to discuss is the Gildan New Mexico Bowl. Yeah. Do you know what Gildan is? Gildan is a pharmaceutical company that <laughs> operates as a subdivision of a major pharmaceutical company out of Juarez, Mexico. Or it's a clothing company. Oh, my bad. I don't, sorry. <laughs> Where did you come up? Did you Google something to come up with that? No, nah, it's just off the dome, man. Yeah, it's like Balderdash. You ever played Balderdash? That's not what you like sold me. Yeah. I was about to double check and I'm like, hold on a second. Does he know something? All right. All right. So, in the New Mexico Bowl, you have Utah State, seven and a half point favorite over North Texas. Who do you have in this one? I like Utah State in this game. One thing on this show, we were talking about North Texas's offense earlier in the year, how they upset Arkansas, but quietly they haven't been as effective toward the back end of the year. But Utah State's defense has been consistent throughout. I like the defense. I'm going to say later points with Utah State. All right, let's talk about the Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl. What is what is the gifting? What are you getting? Like a quart of Pennzoil or something at that? <laughs> no. Like the, the gifting suite? No, I don't know. if I, they Usually get like a nice watch, a yeah. wetsuit, okay. maybe like a PlayStation or something, Xbox. Really lucky. All right, well, all right. We got Arizona State uh, versus Fresno State. Fresno State 21 in the country. Fresno State is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. What's your pick, Emery? I love Fresno State in this game. Big fan of quarterback Marcus Marion for Fresno State. Their defense is outstanding. Jeff Tepper is a really good coach. Shout out to Herm Edwards for what he's done this year with Arizona State. But this offense will be without their best weapon in the kill, Harry. To me, that favors heavily toward the Bulldog side. So lay the points with Fresno State. Mitsubishi, by the way, I had a deal with the car dealer in New York, in Jersey when I was with the Giants. So I got to drive the Mitsubishi Montero was like their SUV. Or an Eclipse. But the the 3000, you remember? I had an Eclipse oh. was too small. Oh, okay. The 3000? Yeah. Was sick. It was Water. pretty nice. Yeah, right. it was pretty sweet. All right, Raycom Media Camellia Bowl. Georgia Southern, two and a half point favorites over Eastern Michigan. Who you got? Two good defenses in this ballgame. The problem for Eastern Michigan is that their offense is non-existent. Quiet is kept. Georgia Southern's option game is very dynamic because they can throw the football as well. Lay all the points with the Eagles. All right. Oh, Georgia Southern Eagles. By, by that. <laughs> so we, we had a Auto Nation Cure Bowl, Battle of Louisiana, with Tulane laying three and a half to Louisiana. Raising Cajuns by 50. Easily. You know, but <laughs> in all seriousness, I do love my Raging Cajuns defense. They played a really good game against App State. I do believe the biggest reason why is because of Raging Cajuns running game. Trey Ragos is a guy that's 5'11", about 225, 230 pounds with quick feet. I think the way they go three deep in the backfield will wear down the Green Wave defense. So take the Raging Cajuns in the points. All right, do you realize that we gave uh, Gildan some free pub because they are no longer the sponsor of the New Mexico Bowl? I think oh, nice. it's unsponsored, so oh. maybe they'll sponsor our show. So right. that. Shout out Canel and Bell. Uh, all right, L- R&L Carriers, New Orleans Bowl, Middle Tennessee, the fighting Stockstills. Rick is the uh, the head coach, and his son uh, plays quarterback against App State. App State's the six-and-a-half-point favorite here. Who do you like? I love the secondary in this game. This is going to be a great watch for teams uh, that love to scout the secondary because both teams have great secondaries. The problem is, I think when you look at the offense of Middle Tennessee State, the offensive line is a big question mark. To me, that heavily favors the defensive front seven of App State that does a great job in affecting the pocket, and those back-end guys can turn the ball over. So lay the points with App State. Boom. Good stuff. Emery, appreciate it, man. Good luck on the picks. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, guys. All right, Emory. All right, so yesterday you weren't here. Yeah. You're taking care of some sick kids. Yep. There was a, uh, article that came out. Nicole, 
Auerbach with The Athletic had talked to several of the power players in college football, and it seems like there's more of a willingness to get behind the 18 playoff. Okay. You had Bowlesby, the commissioner of the Big 12. He's like, yep, let's do it. Uh, you had Barry Alvarez, longtime Big 10 guy, served on the committee. Yep, let's do it. He said something I thought was really alarming because his quote was that the formula they used, he was on the committee as one of the 13 people. Mm-hmm. He said it was confusing. And I'm like, well, that's not good. That's not he's good. one of the guys that was on it and picked the team. And confused himself. And said it was hard to yeah. pick and it said it wasn't, didn't make much sense. But that's why he was in favor of an 18 playoff. Correct. Who do you think did not want to expand to an 18 playoff? Let me just, guess. Just yeah, let me guess. If you're setting this up for me, let me guess. Uh, the SEC. That would be correct. Yeah. Greg Sankey, commissioner of the SEC, maybe the most powerful man in college football right. because he's the commissioner of the most important uh, conference. Jim Delaney, Big Ten, probably uh, right there up there with him. But he said, "Quote: He was talking about the SEC championship game. It's important to this conference and our fans. I think the fact this year's game was the most watched and highest rated regular season game on television on TV in seven years tells you the SEC championship game is important to our fans of college football well beyond our conference. All conference all conference championship games are important and relevant, which is why every FBS conference has followed the FCC's lead and created championship games of their own. The day a four-team college football playoff was announced." Public speculation began about a larger bracket. That's human nature. This is not a new conversation. College football has a system in place that's been remarkably successful. For you. Exactly. Thank you. Because I don't want to be the guy that's always pet. But you are 100% right. He said it's been remarkably successful in the first four years, and we expect this success will continue in the current college football play uh, format. Yeah. Except if you were if if you were one of the teams that weren't weren't thriving under the new system, you wouldn't sing in the same song. Like teams, entire conferences are getting left out of the conversation. He's been represented every year. He's had two teams in one of them. This year, Georgia narrowly missed out on being another time where you had two SEC teams in there. Yes, it's working out for you, but can we do something for the good of college football? And I get these guys are territorial. I get they want to have bragging rights, and they want to say our conference is better than yours. Right. But this isn't about conference bragging rights. This is about determining a better national championship and bringing more teams to the table from across the country. Correct. Which, if you're open-minded, you realize that's a good thing. A better product. Yeah. Absolutely. Let me ask you a question, and forgive me. I want to touch on two things. Yep. I heard him say something to the UCF um, like contingent a few weeks ago yeah. when he lobbed, like, hey, go out there and schedule better like teams, or it's on you guys, or whatever, like... Then you play UCF week one instead of like, <laughs> instead of like the division three team that you play. Do you know what I mean? Or, yes. or go ahead around the SEC and make like one of your SEC teams play UCF. No one wants to play a team like UCF. Like I played it FIU basketball wise. We couldn't get games for the most part against a lot of those teams because guess what? My senior year, Michigan comes to us for a fluff game. We smack Michigan. They, Alabama has, wants us in their gym. We smack Alabama. Like they don't want. To play teams like that because it's a no win. If you beat them, you're supposed to beat them. And if you lose to them, you can't recover from that. So it's not that easy for UCF to go out and schedule the type of teams that, that Mr. Sankey would want them to schedule. And then, and just real talk, forgive my ignorance. Why would an 18 playoff affect your SEC championship game? Like what? So there's, so this is another thing that I think the SEC is going to be, try to protect. Is because my solution and most people's solution is you have five conference champions, correct? Three wild cards, but there has been some conversation, and I think a lot of it comes from the SEC. 
is that you would not have the conference championship games anymore and you would just take the top why eight not? teams. Why exactly? Well, you know why they don't want that is because they want as many SEC teams as they can in the playoff. Right. So if you just took the top eight after the regular season, you'd probably have three and maybe four in the top eight rankings. So you want, they wouldn't have to play. You want everything. They're being SEC. great. SEC They're, wants everything. Exactly. They want everything. Exactly. And but I, I have, if we go to an 18 playoff, zero problem if there are two teams and maybe even three some From, years. Sure. If they're in there. But why, like the, the conference championship games would be, you think it's most watched now? Wait till you see it if you had playoff bit berths on With, the line. Correct. Automatic berths. Yeah. They would all be more watched. There would yeah. be much more money for everybody to go around. The interest in the game would pick up. And now you've eliminated a large portion of the country. The West Coast, the Pac-12 has been left out the last couple of years. So like, I, and you hear it more and more often. That's one of the good things about social media is college football fans from the West and, you know, the outside the South, uh, Southern portion of the country are saying, I don't care about watching the SEC teams play. Yeah. I would love to watch Washington or USC or another team get an opportunity against them, but I'm not going to even tune in if I, if one of my teams isn't represented. It's become relatively regional now with the, with Big the championship, time. right? And that's not, that's not good, Mr. Sankey, um, no. for college football in and general. He, the other thing he did say in that article was that he felt like the debate was healthy. It's a good, healthy debate is good for college football. Yeah. Uh, ask Georgia if they think that debate was healthy and fun for them to have. <laughs> ask Ohio State if it was fun for their fans to have that debate. Right. Yeah, it's fun for us in the media because it gives us a ton of content, but it is not good for college football. So we'll see. They said 2020 is the year. It seems like it could make sense. It would be six years halfway through. Right. Apparently there's some advertising deals that were dealt for six years out of the 12, so it could make some sense. The biggest hangup is going to be the TV networks. Like, who gets the rights to these extra games? Is it just ESPN because they already own the Bulls? Yeah. Does somebody else get into play? The American Conference, their television contracts up, I think, next year. That throws a wrench into it. So it is a big process. It's not as simple as saying, let's just go eight. eating frenzy. Exactly. And you'll see a lot of people lined up to get a piece of that. So we'll have to see if it happens. I do think it is a bright sign that at least the power players are talking about it. All right. Welcome back to Canel and Bell. So our boy Debo in there, our resident Eagles fanboy, very upset with me because I said that Carson Wentz is out and he's not officially been ruled out. There's a lot, a lot of speculation that he would not be playing this weekend. Ian Rappaport yesterday said Carson Wentz dealing with a back issue is not expected to play this week. Sources said, depending on the result, given the time of the year, Wentz may not play again in 2018. The team is still gathering info on his health. It is lower back issues. He's had back spasms that he's dealing with. Doug Peterson said he has been having trouble getting warmed up, getting loose. They've been trying to figure out what the deal is. My hunch tells me the game they're going across the country to play against the Rams would be... You know what I would do? Say, hey, you know what? Let's let's th- keep this one at home. Why why sit on a plane for six hours? Sure, you're gonna you talk about getting tight, like, and it's not healthy for you to sit there. Now you can do some rehab on the plane. You can get up yeah. and walk around, but it is not an optimal situation for them. This is the future of your franchise. This is the guy that you're building about. I know his numbers haven't matched what he did last year. I'm not concerned about that at all. I think it's, I think he's been fine. Uh, and he was having MVP type season the year before. So yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a drop off. The team hasn't been as good, but I do think when you're starting to see the injuries mount, you start saying, mm, I wonder because part of the evaluation for an NFL quarterback is, can you stay healthy for 16 games? Something that he has not been able to do. Um, the greatest ability is availability. Yep. Like you have to be available. Um, it's just look. I'm not ready to say Carson Wentz is in- injury prone. Um, and I think, but I think when, people get upset when you say that, and I agree with you. 
because they think it means he's not tough or it's just some so guys some bodies. guys get injured exactly they might have like you know their guy it happens all the time but here's what I'm not ready to say that he is no not yet but when it happens to you over and over in your first three years of career then I have to worry so Kristaps Porzingis for example yeah like New York fans like he's a unicorn I get it my thing about Kristaps is I believe him to be injury prone every right. single year he's out for extended periods of time with something and it doesn't these aren't like these aren't plays like that happen to Alex Smith where your leg gets pinned back or anything like that this is just I'm Wear hurt tear. yeah I'm just I, my body's hurting I can't do what I'm supposed to do and that's a very real thing so the jury's out on Carson Wentz I'm kind of with you on whether or not like you play him this week if if you're not exactly sure what's going on there and the likelihood that you make the playoffs is relatively slim at this point. And this is your franchise guy. You're invested in that. There's no real need to go out there and play the game. You know, like, plus Nick Foles has proven to be more than capable of doing the job. Roll him out and see what's happening. What I'm not ready to do if, as an Eagles fan is risk Carson Wentz at all in a season where I don't think I'm winning anything or making the playoffs. Now, a coach would never do this. They wouldn't take this into consideration, but the Rams are an 11 point favorite. Yeah. So, like, if you're an underdog that heavy, why roll him out there in a game you're probably going to lose? If, for some reason, Nick Foles goes out there and wins the game, then you reevaluate and say, hey, we're right in the thick of this. Right. Because it is a long shot for them now to make the playoffs. Our boy Debo did chime in. He said, I want Foles to play. Maybe he can replicate last year. He said, he will win the final three games of the season and get us in the playoffs. <laughs> Maybe he could. Hey, it happened last year. Maybe it could happen. I do think it is a little bit concerning about the injuries. But it will be something to watch. And I'm sure they'll have to take care of him. But I also think – that is why you have to consider possibly keeping him out the last three games. Danny, Danny, I want you to talk directly to to Eric right now. <laughs> there, oh, he won't. He's been shamed. Look at him; he's turned around. He has shamed himself. <laughs> it's all right, Diva. Are you concerned at all about our boy Carson Wentz's health? Health issue. Pass the mic. Set up. Uh, long term, no. This season, just let him rest. Let him rest. Let Nick do his thing. We saw what he did last year. All right. So you're not worried about him being injury prone like Raja and I are at all. No. <laughs> That's complete, a no. That's a complete no. Complete That's it. No. End of conversation. All right. We will see who's right in the long long term. Are you a, I hope I got right. Listen, I got a question. We're talking about Philly sports teams and injuries. Yeah. Are you at all worried about Markel Fultz not being able to recover from whatever syndrome he TOS. has? TOS. Yeah, TOS. Yeah. That one might be a little bit more of a concern. <laughs> I'll admit that. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Good stuff. Our Philly resident there, uh, Debo. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. Before we get to uh, the NFL draft moving to Vegas, we talked a little bit about conspiracy theories with Steph Curry the other day, saying the right. NASA, you know, the moon, nobody landed on the moon. Yeah, they the offered moment. him a trip. I know. I'd yeah. jump all over that. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. If you had the opportunity, would you go? What? You would do it? Yeah, dude. I'm going to get scared. The, I'm not taking the public tour of, of NASA <laughs> stuff, but if I'm going to get the private, like, with let me show astronauts, you some cool right? stuff. No, no, I'm talking about go to the moon. If they said, we will take you Oh, no, I'm not going to no damn moon. <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> Dude, I, I'm barely like, leaving the country. I'm not going to the moon. <laughs> All right. So he had that conspiracy theory. Yeah. You just asked me during the break because we were talking about the Kardashians, some of the flat power and influence they have. Yes. Illuminati. Do you believe it's a real thing? Uh, yeah, I probably do. I don't. I do. I think there's some. There are some very powerful forces out there that are not the government. That are not people that we know. Skull and bones type stuff. Yep. Like just people behind the scenes that are manipulating us all. 
Like, I think it's all, and I think it influences social media. Like, you hear all the hacking scandals that are going on. Yeah. We're <laughs> trying to get us to wrap we on can't this. talk Illuminati. Yeah, exactly. I Listen, want to have a conspiracy special on not, this show. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm not willing to risk it. Exactly. So I'm not right. talking any crap about it or anything like that. Exactly. We're good. Yeah, respect yeah, it. Respect, respect the Illuminati. All right. <laughs> uh, the NFL draft is moving to Las Vegas yeah. on Wednesday at the NFL winter meetings. I know, are these all going on the same time? Uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell announced that Sin City would be reserved uh, in serving as the host for the 2020 draft. Uh, he made the announcement along with the Raiders owner, Mark Davis, because they will be there. Yeah. I think this is awesome. Like, the, and finally, the NFL, who had been in New York City forever, then they started taking on the road, and they're like, oh, this is pretty cool. Fans like seeing sure. their backyard. That's the odd. The Philly scene was nuts when they had all those people there. They were trolling Dallas players. Like, it was awesome. But to embrace Vegas, it's awesome for a couple of reasons. One, you know, we're seeing the influence gambling is having on the entire sports industry. And the NFL has always been, no, 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 we're not going to do it. We're not going to embrace it. We're not going to look at it. Now, not only having a team move there, they're going to have one of their biggest, most watched events of the year in Las Vegas. It's going to be insane. And we need to be there. Dude, we need to be there. Everything is better in Vegas. Okay. The <laughs> pools are better. The beer is better. The gambling is better. Yeah, the draft is going to be better in Vegas. And the NFL, good for you, dude. Yeah. Like, no fun league. Hey, good for you guys. Like, let's figure it out, right? Who would have known that fans in their respective cities would love to go to the draft and see what teams right. their team select? Oh, that's weird. That's strange. Right. Yeah. And I think it's a destination spot. So I think it'll be the most attended draft they've ever had. And they'll be able to fit it. Like, they'll have it at yeah, some place. Yeah, fantastic. Where it'll be there. I would, like, as a, as a casual fan, like, you don't want to go – to Philly. Like when they had it in Philly, if you're not an Eagles fan, like why would you go if you're a Cowboys fan? Right. You want to go to the home team. Vegas, I think that's what, that's the, going to be the most unique part of this, uh, part of this experiment with their having a home team there. I think fans will go from all over the league, not only to the draft, but to their games. To the games, yeah. And I wonder what impact that has on them as a home field advantage. That's very, that's a, that's a very interesting point because it will be significant though. Yeah. Because you'll oh. have everybody and their mom building out a trip to Vegas when their team goes to play. And you watch Vegas. these, 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 uh, coaches will have their players on lockdown. Like you're not going to let them go anywhere. Yeah. They're going to have them on uh, 24 seven security. That's tough. We, we played, we played the Lakers in Vegas. Um, like an exhibition season, yeah, yeah, it was just ridiculous. <laughs> right, not much work got done. Uh, at like four in the morning, I remember saying, "Hey, man, we got to get a little sleep." Well, it's interesting that you brought that up yeah. because Robert Sarver has threatened to move the Suns no. to Vegas uh, or Seattle if his city doesn't approve funding. The Phoenix City Council on Wednesday voted to postpone a scheduled vote on whether to spend 150 million upgrading the Suns Arena. Oh, dude, I have mixed emotions. So, listen, first of all. I don't love owners strong arming cities into like giving them stuff, right? right? You're the owner. You buy it. <laughs> you made the investment in the team. You get, you get a stadium. Uh, or if you want something from me, give me a team. Like give me something that can roll out there and win some games. Like maybe I got some playoff runs or I have championship aspirations. Like what are they hoping for in Phoenix right now? Hoping that they can get like two cents on a dollar with them season tickets that they bought five years ago. Right. So like, don't be strong arm in the city, Robert Sarver, into giving you a damn arena. Like Phoenix has really good fans. They deserve better than that. Um, do you think the arena needs that upgraded that bad? Uh, 
I haven't been there in a long time, but if it's the way it was when I was there, yeah, every, yeah, sure. Everyone, it's like a 10 year makeover. But it's not a decrepit thing. It's not like Arco. When I played in Arc, like that place had to be condemned, I think. Like it was, <laughs> you know, it was really, really old. Phoenix, like, isn't like, I think it's talking stick. It's yeah. Not like that now. Um, I was there a couple dated. years ago and I didn't like, it wasn't egregiously bad. It oh, it's was not. It was like, eh, but I think everybody now wants to get up to. Give me my stadium. I yeah. want my new stadium. Right. Everybody <laughs> got a stadium. Give me my stadium. That's how they get are. Get out of here. They man. want the latest technology. Seattle does deserve a team though, because it was yes. a really cool place to play basketball. It's a really cool sports town. Um, I still don't support him taking it to Seattle, but if something had to happen there, I would rather him go to Seattle than Vegas because Seattle deserves one, man. Yeah, it was, Seattle's is a crazy yeah. sports town too. The football team's been killing it. Soccer, they kill it. Yeah, uh, definitely be really cool and to get them after the Sonics left town would be great for them. Thanks for listening to Canel and Bell. Download and subscribe to us anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the pod. And while you're at it, you might as well follow us on Twitter at Canel and Bell. <laughs>